0: He yeah. Hell yeah! That's a team win. We stood in here, all right, and had a sour taste on our mouth Sunday, did we not? Yes, sir. And I asked you to respond. Yeah. Offense, defense, special teams, all of it out there, picking each other up. That's what great teams do, guys. We pick each other up. But I am so proud of you for how you responded. Okay? I asked you to own it, flush it. We did, I trust the people in this room and we're gonna do it together, all right? Now, we gotta be smart this weekend, right? You guys are off Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You've earned it, you're not off Monday, you've earned it. You've earned it, but we gotta be smart, take care of each other. Team on three. One, two, three.
1: That's right, they're not off on Monday and neither are we. Welcome back to another episode of the and Brits podcast with myself, Josh Henwood, Sean, Awine and Jen. Um, how How was your weekend, guys? I mean, victory Friday, victory Saturday, victory Sunday and now victory Monday. I'm feeling pretty victorious at the moment, Jen. Yeah, I'm all good. It was quite a quiet weekend, to be fair. I know I was able to actually enjoy uh, red zone and practically not give a care in the world especially with it being so early on in the year a uh, wine obviously you joined me on friday for our uh, f- for our pod review in the game were you able to just chill out in the end or were there just uh, musings from around the league of which have you on your toes
2: um i had some money on some of the games yesterday so i was i wasn't completely <laughs> stress free but um <laughs> No, I enjoyed it. There was some some really good finishes to games yesterday, especially in the in the six o'clock slate. So it was it was a good good view yesterday, and yeah, having the win in the bank is nice, isn't it? You can just sort of calm down a bit and and watch your rivals unfortunately win yesterday, but. Um, <laughs>
1: Yeah, say Lavery. Unfortunately, on that one, and I have yeah, yeah. You know when it's a victory Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. When on the Sunday, I don't get a single text worrying or any kind of emotion being shown from Sean. It was, uh, <laughs> it, you know, you know that there's there's nothing riding on it at that point. Sean, how was your Sunday?
3: Very nice mate, to be honest the the action was good as Owain said, I think we're going to touch a little bit on the league tonight as it's a bit of a strange week for us obviously having the game a few days removed Um, but I actually felt a lot better about the Browns watching the action yesterday to be honest, I think we're actually a lot better than what we possibly thought we were but we'll get on to that because I think we've got a few different opinions between us as well so yeah looking forward to, to getting stuck in as always.
1: Of course we've got differing opinions. I created this group in order for there to be different opinions and it's worked so far. No. So um like Sean alluded to, it's a bit of a strange week, obviously, with us already having reviewed the Steelers game on Friday. So we're we're actually gonna go back to um almost a little bit of a predictor pod part two. Just take the opportunity now that we've seen the teams for on three different occasions, just be able to, you know, see as to what we really think of the league moving forward first of all a little bit of news for anyone who has not been able to keep up since Thursday night football unfortunately Anthony Walker suffered a torn quadricep tendon of which means that he's out for the rest of the season it's about a five to seven month injury unfortunately and we of course wish number five well on his recovery uh, Jeremiah Wissi-Koromoa has seemingly been able to avoid major injury. He's currently on the bikes, uh, as we speak, actually, uh, during training with the Browns. He and Petonio are on the bikes. Clowney and Tavern Bryan are not out on the field currently. Clowney with an ankle injury and Bryan with a hamstring injury from the other night. Jedrick Wills Jr. and Ronnie Harrison Jr., are practicing today so on the injury front whilst there are a couple of really damaging ones in there walkers in particular uh, i'd say that we've probably ended up with a little bit of a uh, little bit of luck more than anything else compared to some in the league and especially when a wine when uh you think about our conversation the other day just as bad as it could have been especially on the jok front as well
2: yeah definitely so- definitely
1: so now with that out of the way, let's uh, let, let's get a sense as to what we feel about the early season. So Sean, uh like you said, um looking at this weekend, you think that the uh that there is a reasonable, you know, there there's reason to be pretty pleased as a Browns fan at the moment. Currently two and one, should be three and o. Um, currently second in the AFC, tied with a couple of other teams. Um, yeah, what, what's your current main overarching thoughts on the Brown season so far?
3: Overall, extremely pleased with with what I've seen. You know, they dominated for the most part the Carolina game, minus a few wobbles in the fourth quarter. Dominated the Jets game for 58 minutes, minus the wobbles in the last two minutes, which we won't <laughs> go and relive too much. Um, and I thought, for the most part, dominated Thursday night football, particularly the second half. I thought there was only one team in it in the second half, um, which was really pleasing. And I think you two covered it nicely in terms of the game adjustments that were made at half-time. And the Steelers did pick up a bit of momentum at the back end of the first half and, and Trubisky moved the ball pretty well. But we we made some good adjustments and like I so say, for the, for the most part, dominated the game. I think the... I think look, we're all probably, let's be honest, very, very, very pleasantly surprised by the play of Jacoby Brissett. Um, I think we all probably you know, felt as though he wouldn't perform at such a high level. Um, he's been very efficient with the ball. Um, he's very safe. There's not been huge turnovers. The only interception, correct me if I'm wrong, is the one that he was forcing at the end of the Jets game. when we we're obviously in desperation mode but he's been extremely safe and efficient with the ball. His running ability in short yardage has been really beneficial. Um, and it's something you kind of take for granted to some extent because you just see sort of third and inches and you think, oh, you know, quarterback sneaking, we'll pick this up. But how many times, you know, did Baker Mayfield attempt to quarterback sneak and fumble the ball or because he was of a slight nature, he didn't actually, you know, be able to push the pile or whatever the case may be. I think, you know, Brissett seems to be perfect when it comes to short yardage conversions. I haven't got any sort of official stat line in front of me, but I can't remember us failing one um, that was third and short or fourth and short. So I mean, you know, that's the overriding factor for me. Is the offense has really been the star of the show so far? There's still some concerns. I think you know, outside of Amari Cooper, the wide receiver room is what we thought it would be, um, but I think that elevated quarterback play that we weren't expecting, plus and again, I'll give credit where it's due. Here, I didn't realise just how good Amari Cooper was. I was really pleased yeah. we we'll picked him up. Um, don't get me wrong, but you know he is a different level to anything that we've seen in a Browns uniform. Certainly for the the you know the 15 or so years that I've been watching the team, he's by far the most polished receiver um, that we've had at the position. Um, and obviously, David Njoku seems to be taking the opportunity to step up now. He is tight end one and not de facto tight end one, which everybody wanted him to be when Austin Hooper was here. So I think the offence is great. I'm sure somebody else might touch on the run game, so I'm not going to gushly recall about Nick Chuggs. I could take the whole hour doing that. I love him that much. Um, but I think overall, the offence has been so much better than anticipated. And if the defence can sort itself out, and there were signs of that in terms of you know a less complicated game plan, keep the call simple play to the the strengths as you guys covered in terms of press man coverage and and keep and keep the call simplified i'll look at the schedule we'll get onto that i think i think the browns are in pretty good shape and certainly could well be um you know <clears throat> well they would want to be come the second half of the season
1: yeah, I think that everyone said that Jacoby Brissett, you know, come in as a game manager, I think that he's done a fair bit more than that, as you've alluded to, and he's definitely been very efficient, currently ninth overall in QBR, of which um, I don't think that anyone would have thought that he would have been going uh, three weeks in, even despite the opposition, you know, you still got a fantastic pittsburgh defense in there uh, carolina's defense was one of which a lot of people liked to at least hype up as to whether or not it's deserving of that especially after the first three games is by the by but you know they still had that rep i suppose uh jen how about you what what do you what what's your overarching thought as uh, the browns have taken on their first three games
4: I think we um, should be free now, and I would have been very, very happy with that. Um, Losing that Jets game did hurt a lot because we shouldn't have lost it. We shouldn't have messed that up in two minutes' time. Um, But same, Amari Cooper. I never knew how good he was until he played on Thursday night.
1: Yeah, I found it weird that we keep going to him as well. You know, after the first game. Uh, as I alluded to after that first review as well, um, you know, going to Donovan Peoples Jones as much as we did, he looked for, like a very safe pair of hands, especially throwing into those tight windows. He's only had about four targets since that game. I don't know if there's been a bust up in training or <laughs> something <laughs> or other, but for whatever reason, it's all about Cooper. And now we're starting to get. Um, getting joku in there a bit more harrison bryant's another one he was heavily used in the game as well and hasn't been touched since um don't know if that's a case of stefanski or um potentially uh, j- just Brissett being more comfortable with his bigger weapons a wine what do, what do you make of um the season so far i imagine that you might look towards the defense as a bit more of a, a cautionary tale or are, are you riding on the uh, offense in your main comment
2: yeah, we touched on it on um, on Friday. Like the offense has been very pr- pleasantly surprising. Um, I think the defense obviously been surprisingly disappointing on the on the same side. Um, I think they were much better on uh, on Thursday night, and we got to hope for for more of that improvement. I think we touched on it on Friday again, and it was the the aggressive calls of press man coverage and not giving up soft zones underneath which seem to make such a big difference. And it's something we've been calling for as Browns fans for, you know, two or three seasons now since Joe Woods took over. So hopefully he, he continues with that aggressive mindset, gives our corners a lot of work to do in man coverage. And I think we'll see the benefits of that. And what it allows us to do as well as if they, if they are manning up on the outside and, the coverage is good. It it allows us to be able to blitz some linebackers as well, which is going to be important over the next few games with with Clowney looking like he's going to be injured. So we've got to create more pressure and that's going to be, you know, artificial pressure through, through linebackers, you would think. And maybe even the odd corner blitz, we've seen Denzel Ward do that really effectively over the past few years. So that's probably the next step is keeping that coverage nice and tight on the back end and then, you know, artificially being able to cause some, some quarterbacks problems over the next few.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that's something that which does go into that slightly, uh, which is my main takeaway, is playing through adversity. Um And what I mean by that, if you look at the first three games, so Carolina, we went up, we took a hit, we went all the way back in quick succession and got the kick. The Jets game obviously left it too late to actually get back onto it, but on a short week where, really, Browns teams of old would have imploded. They would have seen that as the perfect time to have just started infighting, doing whatever, to lose the next game. But no, we came back and rather controlled that game against the Steelers. And again, that's the Steelers, a team that we don't do well with, especially when our mindset isn't right. But we got our mindset right, and we went about it the right way, mainly covering off the mistakes of which we'd made the week before. So, you know, and then you start looking at potential injury worries. Uh, You need to have players stepping up, stepping up. Um, Phillips coming in for um, Anthony Walker, for example, was fantastic when he came in. You need performances like that especially at the areas where they are not as strong uh you know i'm looking at the d line for example players that are having to come in even on the o-line you know you start looking at um pokic for example he came out with a couple of good players but he also has a lot still to be able to do and he's not going to be you know, he's he's not gonna be JC Tretter overnight, for example, but if he can do enough to be part of the line that's moving the run game forward, and that's all you're gonna that's all you need to ask of them. So I think that there have been a number of different times where you know this you, you could already have imagined previous teams giving up in a game situation or something like that. But I don't think that this Browns team is like it. And that's gonna keep us in a lot of games where we would have originally just written it off, I think. Okay, doke right. I'm going to try something a little new for anyone that's watching this on the video pod version, so either the live stream or on the video Spotify here. And if I can... Make these little adjustments. There we go. A little bit of uh, visual trickery there. So I've asked everyone to give me their Browns record for the end (laughs) of the season. Um, We had said in our predictor pod something around eight, eight to nine wins was kind of what we said, depending on the QB situation at the time whereas now now that we kind of know where we are, we'll see as to um, what everyone says. So I personally have said I've continued what I said previously, which was 10 and 7. The reason for that is in order to get to 10 wins, we had to get at least three to start the season. I think that we will do that by beating the Falcons on Sunday personally, and that would then give us the best then go forward. I think that we are going to be helped by some injury concerns in the coming weeks. Um, you look at the Patriots situation with Matt Jones at the moment, he now has a high ankle sprain, so that's a potential um opportunity to play against Brian Hoyer. Of which, God, I wish that we had Brian Hoyer all those years ago, but that's another pardon, another story. Um, you know, you look at The monumental injury worries that the Chargers have, that's something else of which I think is bringing that more in play. You know, the Bengals aren't playing to potential. The Buccaneers have some injuries and some major weapon worries of which have meant that they've slowed down. Um, You know, all of a sudden, these games of which were out the water for us don't seem as out the water anymore. So that makes a 10 number more attainable. Now, Sean, you've gone. Oh, sorry. And also I said that uh, we would uh, reach the divisional round as well. And the only reason behind that is I expect 10 and 7 to get around the sixth seed. And then that might get us the AFC South winner, potentially, of which that would seem more of an opportunity to win that one than anybody else. That's why I said that potentially a divisional round there. Now, Sean, you've gone for one game more at eleven and six. Is there anything of which um, you want to add on to what I've said as a as a reasoning for that? Because that's quite a uh, you know you know it's quite dominant at this point. That's nine and five through the rest of the year.
3: Yeah, I think. Look, I touched on it earlier. I think the the strength around the league isn't possibly what we expected in terms of. You know, take the AFC West for example, which we all thought was going to be an absolute juggernaut of a division. And let's be honest, nobody's seemingly at this moment been able to get out of second gear in that division for different reasons. Um, so I don't think that you know eleven and six is that far fetched. Like I say, I've been really impressed with how we have played up to this point. I really hope that that Jets meltdown doesn't come back and bite us in the arse because it has a feeling that it possibly will do. Um, mm-hmm. But we will wait and see. But look, you've just covered it perfectly. I've got to be honest, I look at the schedule for the next three weeks, I can see the Browns being 5-1. and one. And I don't say that. I don't say that just as a completely optimistic shout. I'm, I'm really struggling to see how the Chargers start winning games over the course of the next few weeks. You know, losing Rashawn Slater as the left tackle He's huge. Um, yeah. Storm Norton, I think, was the backup who gave up pressure on over 50% of the snaps that he played yesterday. Miles Garrett will be absolutely licking his lips once that matchup comes around. Keenan Allen hasn't seen the field yet. We all know, and to be honest, we've got a Chargers fan as part of the full 10 yards group. And I said to him jokingly yesterday, I'm getting post traumatic stress disorder listing about a quarterback playing when he's not 100% because we saw how that worked out last year for the Browns. Justin Herbert, you don't get any, you don't get anything for being brave, you don't get anything for being gutsy, other than a subpar performance compared to what you're capable of doing um, you know, so I, I see you know, potential for a win there I would agree with wine's comments on Friday that I think the Patriots is probably uh, a concern in terms of their running game and the dominance and the way that they ran the ball down our throats last year but with that being said if the next two weeks pan out, as I would hope they potentially do, we should be riding high. We should be at that stage four and one. We'd be at home. They wouldn't have Mac Jones. You know, so there's lots of things that actually I could easily see the Browns being in a really favourable position. And you know, I've always said I think this will come down to the divisional games. I think we really do stack up well against what the Bengals offer. That's why the Bengals have struggled to beat us over the last few years. Despite them winning the division last year, they lost both games to the Browns. Um, I don't think Joe Burrow has actually beaten the Browns since he's been in the league. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's don't one think team he not They still give up sacks for fun, so I don't think that's you know. Look, not, there's no gimme in the NFL, all right. So let's let us let us just get that out there. You know, it's no surprise that so many games finish by less than one score, is it? Because all the teams yeah. are very close to each other. That's the way the league is designed to be. But you know, I like the way Stefanski coaches. You know, I don't worry if we lose a game because he's got an excellent record after a defeat. Is he something ridiculous like eleven and three now after a defeat? I think he's his record. I want to say that I read that somewhere the other day. Um, You know, so I I think the Browns are really well positioned. I'll put the wild card round because for me, it's probably going to end up being either the Ravens, the Bills, or. you know, and and I think that's probably where we're going to end up in terms of the playoffs. So we're going to go into the playoffs if we get to that spot as an underdog. Um, but you know, look, yeah, you've
1: got teams. them probably at around a four seed, haven't you? Of which means I know it will be a fifth seed. So actually, it's, it's, did you have the Browns winning the division at eleven and six? Eleven and six is high as a wild card. So do you have no, them as a wild card?
3: Yeah, I've still got the Ravens winning the division. So I think the Browns would end up um, sort of in the, like you say, either the fifth or sixth spot as a wild card. So, look, 14 weeks is a long time. We could all look very stupid in 14 weeks' time, to be honest.
1: I am banking on it so that a wine can at us. (laughs) (laughs) Of which, speaking of, a wine, arrest us from ourselves, mate, and our uh, rather Homer views. You've got us here as eight and nine and uh let's let's have a bit of uh a bit of sobriety or is it yeah, just well, you I... hitching your bets
2: <laughs> no to be fair when we did our season prediction this was you know this is an improvement over what i actually thought back then so i, d- I do think we'll win a few more games than what i originally thought and that's purely based on Brissett looking much better um especially like we've spoken about with those injury concerns of the chargers and patriots those games Instantly, now more winnable uh, than they were. I just think that, you know, I, I love the saying never too high, never too low. Um, and I don't think I was too low after that Jets game in terms of I thought the defense, you know, that's not sustainable what happened in that game. No, that was never going to happen three or four times. <laughs> that's never going to happen three or four times this season. Um, but I do think that maybe we've gone a little bit towards the opposite direction after this last win. Let's face it, we've not played anyone any good so far. Like, mm-hmm. you look looking at it, and probably the best team that we've played so far realistically, maybe the Steelers. Yeah, maybe the Steelers, maybe the Panthers. The Panthers defence was really good yesterday, although Baker's really having a lot of trouble on offence. But yeah, I think we may have pushed ourselves a little bit too far in the opposite direction. I think if we can get to five and one, so if we can beat the Falcons and then you know the injury troubles that the uh, Patriots and Chargers have are too much for them to overcome and beat us, then sit in a five and one. You can start taking shots then. Like there's no pressure really until Watson gets back. Because realistically, <laughs> if you'd have offered everyone five and six, you know by the time Watson gets back, I'm, I'm assuming most people would have actually taken that. I think.
1: Yeah, I, I think I, mean, the, would... I think the magic number is six and five, isn't it, to be considered a contender. But five and six, they'd go okay, but we would need a bit more, obviously, on the back end. And the schedule does allow you to potentially do that, but you'd have to be practically flawless.
2: Yeah, and I think obviously, if you get to five and one, then there's pretty much no pressure on those those next four. No, that would be the next five. So. You know, if they can get to 5-1, and one, that would be an incredible position to be in. And, you know, I'd probably revise my, my prediction then. But I've said it from the start. I think when Watson does get back, it's not going to be the Deshaun Watson that we saw in that last season for Houston where he was really, really good. I think there's going to be a lot of rustiness there. We saw a hell of a lot of rustiness in that preseason game that he played against the Jags. He didn't look very yeah. good at all. Um So I I don't think you can expect him to come up and then come in and and score 30 points a game. So, yeah, I'll I'll pump the brakes a little bit on the playoffs. I I didn't expect us to get anywhere near them at the start of the season. I think we're likely to get closer to them than I originally thought. I I still don't think we're going to have enough.
1: Yeah, just uh, just a quick point here, Chris uh, Lahane <laughs> on Facebook, giving us a nice little uh, comment there. A winding can go, sit in the corner with the with, with your hands on your head. Now, Chris, I will warn you that even though he does seem like a bit of a Debbie Downer, he's right about fifty percent of the time. Mm. So, 50%. you know, you've got to uh, t- um, take it as a precautionary tale. All right, it's uh, honestly I, I... meant in the best faith.
2: Let's not forget who, who was saying all off season we can't count the jets out, we can't count the jets out, and I was met with oh no, oh. They're really really bad, they're rubbish. And
1: I mean, love- they are. <laughs> you can't legislate. Yeah, you can't legislate. Worse. You can't legislate for 123 seconds at the end of a what is supposed to be just a stat padding session. They may, uh, they may be uh... <laughs> bad, that we were worse. Oh, and uh, Spencer, in, to answer your question, what record does Brissett need to get us in order to stop Watson starting in Week Twelve? Um, let's go with ten and one, and with him throwing about four hundred <laughs> yards a game, because uh, that question's pretty much been asked to Kevin Stefanski himself, and he said, "No, it's it's Watson's team from that Texans game, unless he gets injured." Like that, it that is. was put to bed.
2: The only way you could see Brissett starting in Week Twelve would be if we had a first-round pick, and we were really struggling, and then you'd probably yeah. say, "Look, Watson, take take the rest of the season off. We're in the tank." But there's no no earthly chance that Brissett keeps his job after after Week Eleven. Yeah, uh,
1: there, there's there's just too much too much money's been put into it. That's the thing. You know, it it would be just from a balance sheet perspective it would be considered negligence and you know that's with me thinking that you know you wouldn't you wouldn't change you wouldn't change the guard while you're winning but you know that there's a reason as to why he's been paid that much money anyway jen bring us back with a bit more optimism you've got 11 and 6 the same as sean and again wild card round so uh what's your what's your message to a wine here
4: I mean, he's just being realistic, but no, honestly, I think we will go five and one. I think we win the next three games hands down. Um, I think the Ravens are going to be tough. The Ravens are going to be a hard one, I think.
1: No, that's uh, that's fair. I mean, I look at the Dolphins, for example, now, and I think, uh, God, that was one of which I thought would have been a win. No, and now and now I'm now I'm looking at a loss. But the Chargers and the Patriots now are ones of which I look the other way.
2: Uh, Debbie Doner, you said the Dolphins were going to be really good this season. Well, I so. said it as
4: well. I'm a big Tyreek and Tua fan, so I'm glad that they're putting it out there right now.
1: Yeah, but at the moment, I'm just seeing team shift, which is fine. I said 10 at the start, and I'm still seeing 10. <laughs> shoot, shoot me down in December. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Sorry, Debbie. Not happening. Uh <laughs> right. We're um just gonna quickly pivot towards uh, I, I didn't realize that we were almost half an hour into the show, folks. Some of these more laid back ones need a bit more order, I think. But uh just take a look at the division winners that we all have down now. And in the AFC North, um, three of us have taken the Ravens at a wine, you're the only one that's taken the Bengals. Uh, do you think that they just turn this around? It's just a, a, a little... And also, are you just not buying the Ravens hype? Even I'm buying the Ravens hype, and I'm, I'm down on Jackson they, wherever I go. They're really
2: injured already. The hmm. Baltimore Ravens are really, really beat up already. They, they're they a couple of injuries away from struggling, in my opinion. And I do think the Bengals' offense is just too good not to be electric for a full season, so yeah, I, I, I envisage them picking up. They were much better yesterday than they had been, so um, I think they get much better from you, yeah.
1: Fair enough. Now, I think that uh, I, I'm just sit- seeing the eye test in front of me, and Sean, Jen, unless uh, you've got anything else to uh, to add to that, um, yeah. for me, it's the eye test.
3: Yeah, look, I, it's all a matter of opinions, isn't it? I, I didn't particularly think the Bengals were that impressive yesterday. They lived on short fields and turnovers by the Jets. Um, I think they've been really disappointing. I think you look at the money they invested in the offensive line, which was supposedly the biggest problem. It hasn't really helped anything. Um, you know, Burrow still sacked far too often. Um, I think Lamar Jackson's off on an unbelievable tear to start the season, um, which is something I was worried was going to be the case this year. Um, you know, he's, he's put up absolutely phenomenal numbers in the first three weeks. Um, you know, so, look, I think we said at the start of the season it's a really, really tight division um, and I've got the Browns winning 11 games. So, yeah, like, as you said earlier, a division winner potentially is 11 games. So, look, I think it's it's going to be as tight as it always is. I think we're all in agreement, though, and we can all, we can all bask in the fact that the Steelers are officially shite
1: never count my toning <laughs> out. Right. AFC South. I am going to give credit where it's due. A wine. I'll probably never say these words to you again because you're going to enjoy them too much. I'm sorry. <laughs> All oh, right. Well there. I don't That's think the so Jags will. Season. I don't. I don't think they will win the division. Like The the three of you have, I assume that a lot of this is eye test. The fact that the Titans and the Colts look terrible and the Jags look like they're just on fire at the moment. And there's a little bit of buying the hype going on. But I will admit that the Jags could win the division. I did not think I'd say that at all. I will be the last person off the ship before it <laughs> casts into the good night. Fred looks I can
2: really, really good really good he was brilliant yesterday
1: he was he was um i i can definitely see it i i probably just need to see it a bit more sustained for a while i'm just wondering whether or not this is just um you you know them getting on a tail uh you know on a tear to start off the season but you know, I, I look at the fact that the ASC South all of a sudden seemed to pick itself up off the ground yesterday. You know, the Titans beat the Raiders. The Raiders don't look the best at the moment, I'll agree. But, you know, they still were able to come away with that win relatively comfortably. The Colts beat the Chiefs, for God's sake. You know, that's uh, that shouldn't be ignored, even if the Chiefs are calling the worst games in the world right now. The Jags are obviously doing Jags' things, of which asterisk, I have no idea what Jags' things are, but they seem to be doing them. And then the Texans, the Texans are constantly in games, but never seem to actually come out the other side. So, yeah, all of a sudden the AFC South sort of made a punch yesterday, and uh, the Jags are definitely the ones leading the line. So, a wine, I'm sorry. I almost made the call to social services in the summer, but I'm glad I didn't. Glad you're around, mate. <laughs> Keep that straight jacket off. It's all good. Uh, Jen, uh... very, very high on the Dolphins after that game. So even despite Josh Allen having 90 offensive snaps yesterday in 400 degree heat, um, Dolphins just <laughs> Dolphins just worthy winners and all good. And you reckon that's going to continue for us a year?
4: I think they've got it. I think the Dolphins are gonna win a division, the Bills are gonna go to the Super Bowl. And that's one thing I stand by.
1: Okay, Dex. So I'll just count that as a mixed bag. Yeah. The AFC West, Sean, you're the one holdout on the Chiefs. The Broncos! Have you just done this have you just done this just so that I change my voice inflection? <laughs>
3: Pretty much, yeah. I mean, to be honest mate, I said earlier, for me, it's been the biggest disappointment of the season so far. We gave this division so much hype, and for so many different reasons, it just really, really failed to come alive. I haven't been impressed with any of the teams at all. I will give you that the Broncos have probably been as rubbish as anybody, if not even more rubbish. Um, the Sunday night football last night, jeez, if you like punting, 17 punts in a Sunday night football, good Lord almighty, absolutely <laughs> dreadful, Um, but the one thing I would say is, the only way he's up, it can only get better, um, and that's really, as much as I'm hanging my hat on to, I think the charges I've said injury-wise, just can't see it happening for them, as much as I think they've probably got the talent, I think these injuries are really going to kill their season before it started. Um, the stats on if you're 0 three, how often you make the playoffs, and it's essentially never. So I think the Raiders are almost yeah. as good as done. They like already. to say
1: that about Owen two, don't they? They like to say about Owen two, let, let alone Owen three.
3: Exactly, mate. So I think the Raiders are as good as done already. Um And then, yeah, like I say, I think it's a straight fight between the two that we've got on on the graphics. And yeah, look, the Chiefs probably more likely than than the Broncos in you know, all likelihood. But I picked them before the season. They're all I'm saying is in three weeks, I haven't seen anything. That really makes me think anything different than the I saw at the start of the season. So hopefully for Denver, the uh, the Russell Wilson experiment actually uh, gets going at some point. I don't think that's too far
2: fetched either. Like they haven't been horrific. Like they weren't. They were good great. defensively. Good defensively. Yeah, really good defensively. Like we talk about us being really good defensively. They are just as good and get more pressure than we do. So. I don't think it's too far-fetched. The Chiefs haven't looked great. They were awful yesterday. They were. And, yeah, the rest of the division hasn't lived up to the hype. So, I don't think, like, it wouldn't, it's not too far-fetched that the Broncos get their act together on offense and and take that division for me.
1: Yeah, no, I, I get that. It's just that, uh, for, for whatever reason, the Broncos seem so disorganized on offense. And with it being an offensive league, I feel like I I, I trust the Chiefs to be able to get their shit sorted and and coast to the title. Then I do the Broncos sort out their shit on offense and struggle to the title, because I think that that's the way it would be more or less. But it, 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 the inflection was definitely for the fans. Don't worry, Sean. I was, uh, I, I was getting what you were putting down, mate. It's all good. Um, let's. Oh, and by the way, Spencer, I know that you want to talk about the butt punt. Um, we won't be talking about it on here. But if you listen to the full 10 yards podcast, of which we'll be on in about <laughs> half an hour or so, you can uh, definitely hear a lot more about the butt pump, mate. Don't worry. Shameless that one play. is not our butt. Great
4: play, I say.
1: <laughs> Ridiculous. And if you can find the photo where the ball looks like it's actually entered inside <laughs> the guy, you know, it's got to be the most perfectly timed photo in sports history. Anyway, NFC. Sean, I'm coming to you again, bud. (laughs) Justin Jefferson has had about four receptions in the last two games, and Kirk Cousins looks worse than Baker Mayfield right now. What up?
3: Well, you obviously haven't been watching Green Bay play then, have you? Because they've hardly been pulling up trees either, have they? So, I mean, again, mate, I think it's another one of these that, for me... We're 3 weeks into the season. I haven't seen I haven't seen enough to really make me change my mind massively. I've got real reservations about that Green Bay passing attack. It looked good for the opening drive yesterday and then pretty much, you know, well, they didn't score any points did they after the second quarter yesterday. So again, I still have reservations there. I think Justin Jefferson's too good to only have four receptions in a couple of weeks. I think that will correct itself. Um, you know, i think he's still going to be a major weapon for them. I think that was a huge win yesterday, coming back and getting the um getting the game winner, you know, with a with sort of forty seconds or whatever it was left on the clock. Um, so again, I just think, like, say, three weeks in, I'm not changing my mind from where I started the season. Fair enough.
1: I'm hoping that the next, at least the next one, maybe the next two, are all in agreement. Yes, all Tampa Bay and the NFC South. That's, that's just uh, because that right.
2: is awful. Yes.
1: Oh. It turns it turns out that the worst division in football is probably the NFC South somehow. The AFC South at least has some form of competition, no matter if it is a case of worst possible denominator, but the NFC South is just the bucks and that's it. The NFC East All Eagles. Yeah, okay. We're uh, we're on the same page now. This podcast does have some agreements, folks, I promise. And the NFC West All LA. There we go. So it turns out the NFC is incredibly predictable, apart from the NFC bad North division.
2: That. NFC, yeah. NFC
1: West so far. I know it's a shocker. It, Cardinals it both, have
2: really disappointed me so far.
1: Yeah, it turns out that both the West divisions have massive questions about them now. The AFC West, obviously, we've just, I mean, Chargers, bad luck, but the Raiders haven't looked great. The Broncos, you, you know, say, say what you will, but they still have a lot to prove. Um, and the NFC West, realistically, outside the Rams, you don't really see much else. The 49ers have dropped off. The Cardinals have actually dropped off the face of the earth. And the Seahawks, I mean, the Seahawks could end up grabbing a win off the likes of the Cardinals uh, at some point. I can uh, I, I can see that in the future. Um, very quickly, then, just take a look at who everyone has as wild cards and also the Super Bowl. Um, so I've gone for the Dolphins, Bengals and Browns in the AFC and in the NFC, the Vikings, the 49ers and the Lions, uh, Sean's gone for the Dolphins, Browns and Chiefs in the AFC and the Packers 49ers and Detroit in the NFC, a Dolphins, Ravens, Chargers, AFC Vikings, 49ers, Lions, NFC. Jen, Bills, Broncos, Browns, AFC, Falcons, 49ers, Lions, NFC. The only two there that are out of kilter in terms of playoff teams. So I've put the Bengals in the um, in the conversation. I don't actually think that the uh, – I know. It was a wine that put the Bengals in the AFC North as winners and then put the Ravens in – into the wild card, I've put the Bengals into the AFC wild card. I think they're too good not to get a playoff spot personally. Jen and Sean think that they will end up bombing out. Um, in the NFC, everyone apart from the Falcons, Jen, I mean, obviously, we're going to get to the Falcons in a second. Uh, Mark is waiting patiently, <laughs> awaiting his uh, yeah, I can see a little fist pump there, Mark, in the green room. Um, <laughs> why why the why the falcons in the uh, in the playoffs i just think they're going to come back out of nowhere i just feel that they they've got
4: the potential that is that is that because of
1: mariota is that mariota is that Patterson you know is there anyone in particular that's caught your eye
4: not really now but i just i just think they're going to just going to pull it out their ass basically
1: fair enough <laughs> Um in terms of who we have down for the Super Bowl, there are two for the Bills and Eagles with Bills winning. There's one for the Bills Bucks with the Bills winning and Sean's gone. Ravens, Bucks, and Ravens winning. Boo, Sean. Boo. Don't like it, mate. Don't like it.
3: Don't like it. Like Still what I said at the start, and like say, three weeks in. I'm not Look, I appreciate
1: me. journalistic integrity, all right? You seem to have that in spades. So Thank I'm you, okay bro. with that. Uh, Spencer, Jen, what happened to your preseason Giants optimism? They're oh, 2 and 0. Oh. Yeah, Jen, what did happen to that? This is a Giants dream at the moment.
4: Yeah, but I don't, I don't think they're going to do it. I think they're very lucky to be it to all right now. Um, I don't think they get far
1: at all. Fair enough. Right, we are going to take a quick 40-second timeout whilst we bring Mark into the room. I just need to get the clip on. And this is a very nice highlight, actually. If you don't remember the game from four years ago, you definitely will after you hear this highlight. It seems to me like you should
4: have been working with the quarterbacks all along here.
3: On second down, it's Chubb. Nick Chubb, across the 40. One man to beat. Still going. Chubb will take this all the way. 92 yards for a Browns touchdown. The longest run in Cleveland Browns franchise history.
4: Zeitler number seventy in your screen right here. This is just a stretch zone run. Cuts right off of that, in the blocks outside, and then at the end, watch Antonio Kelly Go that way. Go that way. You can outrun him, and he does. For big man, he has a lot of speed. And...
1: Yep. So, uh believe it or not, that was uh, all the way back in 2018, at 93 yard run for Nick Chubb there. Um, but we're not here to talk about that. Of course, we're here to talk about the upcoming Week Four match. Up on the road to the Atlanta Falcons at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, we are joined now by Mark of ATL Falcons UK. Mark, how you doing, buddy?
0: Hi guys, how's it going? You all right?
1: Yeah, not hey, bad, mate. On. You? I mean, you must be uh, you must be buzzing after yesterday, surely?
0: Yeah, uh, Victory Monday feels like it's a rare feeling round here, um, but. Um, you know, it's 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 not good for the heart rate, it's not good for the blood pressure. I've been a Falcon's fan at the best of times. Um, so yeah, pretty uh, pretty elated to come out with a with a with a W last night.
1: Yeah, I'm just wondering if the NFL is good for anybody's heart rate really I um, no, no. I certainly can't <laughs> say so personally, I think if we put a poll out of Browns fans I think that they would all agree with me as well that it's just never been good, win or lose um, but uh, let's uh, let's talk Falcons for a minute though it's not a team that obviously we cover very much considering that you're in the NFC, yeah. I probably know more about the Falcons because the Misses is a Bucks fan so obviously same division yeah. and uh, here about um, a little bit more. I'm sorry, yeah. um, uh, It's all right. She has the least amount of disdain towards the Falcons. It's the other lot that she, uh, she that, that she doesn't uh, yeah. particularly enjoy. I, I think that's more because of the fact you've not delivered as much pain in the past. But uh, anyway, how, how do you feel about your start to the season and, of course, the game yesterday?
0: Um, I think it's fair to say that the majority of Falcons fans this season um you know we are very much uh on the on the home stretch um of getting out of uh a ridiculous cap situation which we re- which we you know had so far thanks to our previous regime um you know um dan quinn as much as you know he was a nice guy and you know um we 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 thought we we thank him for you know that 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 super Bowl that nearly was um you know that 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 what we just watched there was was you know what we have been very much accustomed to over the years, um, padding out every other team's highlight reels. Um, but uh, you know this season, I, I think I think it's fair to say we just you know we we seen improvements last year. Although you know with last year it was you know what's the most diplomatic way I can put it? I guess the it was Arthur Smith's first full season. He Inherited pretty a bin. He, he he inherited a bin fire and did very very well with it. Um, however, I think for the for the sake of fairness, our um, schedule last year was was pretty on the easy side, I guess, or, or or at least like not as certainly not as bad as it is this year. So um, I think we've had two really positive draft we've picked up some 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 real you know big pieces both on, on both sides of the ball um, you know we are just kind of in that last year of constantly having to shop in the bargain bin because our caps base is non-existent um, so uh, i think it was right that matt moved on in the off season um, to much people's horror but I think it was the right thing. And I think what you're seeing on the Colts is is kind of, I mean, don't get me wrong, you know, the guy can still play, but, you know, we, he doesn't give us the mobility that, uh, that our kind of uh, quality of offensive line needed. Um, and again, you know, picked up a, a, a real steal in the draft with Desmond Ridder, a QB, um, who's, you know, kind of sitting patiently as rookie QBs kind of should, the best of times, behind Marcus Mariota. Um, I'm not against Marcus Mariota. Um, I think he does a lot of things very competently. Um, I think the story of this season and the story of next week is going to be at what point does Marcus Mariota want to try and throw the game away? Um, We lost a very close game against the Saints. We lost a very – and we came back against the Rams – um, and could have potentially, potentially done something against the Rams late, had it not been for a bit of Mariota magic. Um, and he tried to do it again last night, uh, hence, hence my heart rate um, and my blood pressure this morning. So it's, it's a very difficult space that we're all in now because we really want to see them do well. Um, but, you know, I, I, I think we've all kind of got a little bit of mixed feelings, mixed uh mixed amount of anxiety is probably the the most diplomatic way of putting
1: it so um just on that because obviously as uh, as uh, as a network channel of the 14 yards network i keep on top of uh, you guys quite a bit and uh, i see a lot of um you know either put Ridda in or keep mariota on which side of yeah. the line are you currently on you know, <laughs> like let's say we were uh, Let's say that we were starting. Uh, this is a as, as a fifty fifty coin flip tomorrow yeah. as to whether on who who goes under center on Sunday. Who would you want to go under center Sunday?
0: I think I think it's I think what is fair and what is what what I said at the beginning of the season, um, is that if we are six seven games into the season, and we're you know zero and seven or one and six or whatever. Um, what what is the value and 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 i and i think you know your dear friends in pittsburgh are probably in the same kind of questioning boat as i am is what is the value about sitting a rookie qb behind somebody who is losing you games mm. um so uh you know i I like Desmond Riddell going into the draft. I was really, really happy when we got him. I was elated that we managed to get him in the third round because I think that's an absolute steal. Um, I would say that how he went in the third round and how Kenny Pickett went in the first is is, is absolute robbery of the of the highest highest order. Um, so um, I'm I'm kind of in the boat of I'm happy for Mariota to continue. I'm not happy for Mariota to continue losing us close games. Um so uh, I will not hide the fact that um, you know, if it was me, um I am I'm very close to being just just put Ritter in because there's not really a great amount of value, in my opinion, of playing a vet who is losing your games when you know you could blood the QB early. I know it's kind of not the done thing, but you know, I mean, it it, it. it. If you're losing anyway, is it? Is no, it, is
1: basically, it, you've you've got a fr- you've got a blank canvas. You might as well bleed exactly. them in. You know, it's it's not like you're losing anything. Yeah, I get that. Sean, did you have a question? I believe um, for Mark.
3: Yeah, it, it kind of follows on from what you're saying there, Mark. I suppose the argument against what you do and what you keep the vetties, Obviously, you've mentioned yourself there. You've had, you know, some promising drafts in the last couple of years. Drake London, yeah. I think, has been. He's almost become the focal point in the offence, hasn't he? I think he's been targeted, you know, sort of almost double anybody else on the team and and seems to have stepped up quite a bit. Um, But I want to talk about Kyle Pitts, because he obviously came in with a lot of fanfare, obviously a really high selection for a tight end. I think it's the highest tight end's ever been taken in the draft. For whatever reason, it just hasn't really seemed to have have translated in the way that many people thought it would have done. I know he obviously played a bit better yesterday in terms of his volume of receptions and that type of thing, but... But overall, sort of, you know, a, a season and, and three or four games. You how do you sort of assess what Carl Pitts has brought to the team?
0: I, I, I think I think it's a really really fair question. I think I think you know um, the the problem with players like that is when they come out of college with the fan that um, Pitts did, um, and I think everyone kind of has to almost compartmentalize it. You know, um, if you watch the Gators that season. Um, him and Trask, I mean, Trask at many points during that season would just go, I'm going to throw this ball in the air and I'm really, really going to hope that Kyle Pitts is under it. Um, so, um I, and that's not negating, you know, Kyle Pitts' ability. I think he's amazing. I think that offense still needs a lot of work. I think that there is probably a part of it that Arthur Smith's style and scheme fits a more mobile quarterback, which which to be honest with you, you know, even with Mariota, we are driving a lot quicker down the field this year with Mariota than we have done with Matt Ryan last year. Um, now yes, that's due to mobility, but I also think that it's just the comfort within the scheme. Um, and where do you put a tight end that you know isn't a tight end but isn't a receiver how how does that? I mean, because you essentially have to build your scheme around that, right? And um, I think there's, you know, Arthur's made kind of no bones about the fact that he's a he's a he's he's still a new head coach. He's still learning. He's still making mistakes. And um, you know, I, I I like the way that he is extremely rude to the Atlanta media because the Atlanta media are awful at the best times. Um, I like his attitude, and I like any any and, and, and every single time where somebody is to blame, he always makes sure that it's known that it's his fault. It's not the player's fault. Um, I trust Arthur Smith to get it right. I think it will take some time. Um, but I think one thing to bear in mind is, especially last year, you know, with Calvin Ridley being on the ban, we literally had Kyle Pitts, Russell Gage, and, you know, Zacchaeus, who's our still our WR3, who's, you know, still picking up, you know, maybe he's, yards a game I think we just look a lot more Threatening now than we did last year Whereas last year it was very much A case of why aren't you throwing the pit Well because he's getting double teamed Because he's the only threat we've got
3: Um,
0: I don't think I don't feel like that's the case this year Um, I think defensive Coordinators are still very very Apprehensive of the fact that whenever he's on The field anything could really happen Um, But you know I am i um, again this year just kind of feels like a bit of a transitional one. I'm happy for the football to be transitional as long as they're giving it a good go. Um, and so far, you know, okay, we had a fourth quarter collapse against the Saints. Hate to tell you guys, but as an Atlanta fan, that ain't new. So um <laughs> and um and we took the we took the Rams very, very close. And that you know, the Super Bowl champions the Rams, you know. I, mm-hmm. I know they they don't appear as good as they were last year, but you know that's 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 still no no hardship. We did look make Geno Smith look like prime Tom Brady last night at times, which was quite terrifying. Um, so you know we've got work to do on both sides of the ball, and I think I think that offense now is really starting to look like a dangerous NFL offense. Because if you if you double on Kyle Pates, you miss Drake London. We've seen that last night. Um, the kid is not built like a normal wide receiver. Um, and he was, you know, pushing safeties and linebackers out of the way for fun last night to go into the end zone. So um, I think it's, I think it's. Let's just chalk it down to. We'll see some stuff this year. I always thought we were going to be fun to watch. Um, I'm, I'm reevaluating my definition of the word fun right now, but you know, <laughs> it's, 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 it's definitely, um, you know, it's definitely exciting, and it's, it's towards the end of Dan Quinn's era, my words, you know, it's, it's and cheese. So um, optimistic.
1: Fair enough. And uh, just before, before we say goodbye to you, obviously looking at Sunday's game, give us, uh, give us your one, one key to the game from a Falcons perspective that you think is going to be important. And then a prediction as well for the, for the game on Sunday.
0: Sure. So um, one of our players who had an amazing impact last season um, our previous number one pick, AJ Terrell, um, he's he's he had an absolutely unreal season last last year. He was ranked number uh, number two cornerbacks in the league. Um, we've had some some challenges this year against that, and you know he's. But I think the main kind of battle for me uh, is between AJ Terrell and Amari Um uh, that, that he's the one. He's the 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 one player apart from your ground game that I've got real, real, you know, nightmares over, I would say. Um, And, you know, fair play to Jacoby Brissett. I think he's, he's, he's working that relationship well. Um, I think that's, you know, that says a lot about him as a player coming in under the circumstances that he has. Um, So that connection's there, you know, the Browns, despite, you know, everything that's kind of gone on in the off season, you guys still look like a very, very dangerous, very, very functional team. Um, I think, I think it's going to be a close game again. Um, I'm obviously going to say, because I'm, he- I'm, I'm I'm a very, very opt- optimistic human being, that uh, I think we take it probably about 27-24. Um, but uh, it also wouldn't surprise me one little bit if you guys, you know, um, do a number on us. Because, you know, like I say, that Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, it, it, our, our, our run, our, our, uh, our run defence isn't great i mean pass protection is not great either so um i think uh, i think like i say it it, it it falcons right now feel really unpredictable so i'm going to go with a win i'm going to i'm going to say 27 24 but you know um big big respect to you guys i think Stefan's done a great job so um good time to be a browns fan
1: Yeah, no, we do appreciate that mate and we appreciate you coming on as well do you want to give yourself a uh, a quick shout out for the uh for the pod as well, just so that people are aware in case they have uh, Falcons mates that they uh, want sure. to turn them on to.
0: Sure, so if you want your notifications to be broken on a Sunday whilst all four of us tweet simultaneously and swear at each other during the game, oh, um, good just Lord. to uh, uh, <laughs> I think a lot of people have hit I
1: don't let these guys on the Believeland Brit handle. I think it would end up coming apart. <laughs>
0: Uh, if uh, yeah, yeah, if you're of a of, if you're of a subtle disposition, maybe not. But um, uh, yeah, we uh we obviously run our own pod as well. So um, at ATL Falcons UK on Twitter and we're on all of the other socials. If you've got Falcons friends, um, but uh yeah, guys, um, genuinely best. I mean, I would say best of luck for this Sunday, but I won't. But I'll say best of luck for the rest of the season. And um thank you to whoever it was who um. Said that we were in the wild card race. Yeah, that would be Jen up there in the uh, in, <laughs> Jen, in the top right. <laughs> Jen, I, mean, I, I think you guys alluded to it earlier on. Like you guys said, you know, our our division is a bin fire right now. Um So uh, listen, Jen, Jen I'm, I'm all aboard, all aboard, so. uh, No problem. the <laughs> the conferences a
1: bin fire. <laughs> Absolutely. Exactly, but keep listen. it going, keep the fire burning but no, thank really appreciate you your Mark much. you take care, enjoy the game Please Sunday but I hope that you enjoy it with just a slight tinge of uh, regret <laughs> the end shall we say but no, okay. absolutely thank you very uh, capital much. mate, you take care, cheers mate so that was the view from our friends over at the ATL Falcons UK channel, now um we'll spend a little time Going through it ourselves, Sean. What do you have as your uh, key to the game? What, what What do you think that you'll be saying come the uh, c- come kick off?
3: Yeah, keep keep Mariota in the pocket. I mean, Mark's just alluded to there. He's obviously much more mobile. I think he'll try and naturally move the pocket away from the pressure that Miles Garrett will try to bring. Um, one thing that you picked up on yesterday, and I know it annoyed the hell out of you, was how often Jake Matthews seemingly got away with a oh poor start God. Um, every time. So, so we shall see what happens on Sunday in that regard. But I think, yeah, look, if we can keep Mariota in the pocket, um, that's our best chance because, you know, I think, you know, let, let's trust that this cornerback room sorted itself out. Like I said, so I think they've simplified things. I think Owen was right that they're not going to... I don't think we're going to get a repeat of that Jets fiasco, are we? I think they're going to keep things simple, keep things in front of them. Um, and I would trust their corners to win the majority of those matchups. Um, you know, J O K being on the bikes is an encouraging sign. I'd obviously feel a lot happier if he was on the field with regards to to Carl Pitts. But I think that's the key for me. Keep Mariota in the pocket. Um, you know, if he can beat you with his arm, good luck to him. I'd take our chances based on the the matchup on paper. Then.
1: Yeah. So right. I'm glad that you Brought up the Jake Matthews in because I'd practically forgotten it. And seeing as you've taken my point anyway and keeping Mariota in the pocket, I'm just going to sound off on this for a quick second. If you want a fantastic drinking game this week, watch the game in 40 of the Falcons game because every single offensive snap, Jake Matthews up like a gooden, a good two, a, a good half second to a second before anybody else moves, and the refs did nothing all game so in fact my point of the game is whoever's matched up alongside him be it garrett Clowney, whoever just wrestles him to the ground every single time he pops up because there's only one way you're going to get flanks. by the looks of it it's going to be that um but no i i uh, digress i think that, that my points are actually covered by you and also by mark you know Keeping pits under wraps, but also ensuring that the safeties can handle Drake London as well. That's going to be <clears> important because he is a—he's he, showing himself to be a really good acquisition by the Falcons. Janet, what do you have as your uh, as your key to watch?
4: I just want our defense to have a good game and just to play like we used to play. Coming into this, our defense was the best, and right now it's mediocre at best. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I just I don't want it to be a close game because it just stresses me out and they got time for that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think that we'd all quite like it to um, to go how it's supposed to really. I think that we started oh, a wine, you might be able to tell me differently here. I think that we started five point favourites, I think it was, or something like that. Or have I am I reading a different line? Yeah, no, I'm seeing a slight uh, nod. <laughs> I yeah, I think so. it's five. You know, I, I'd like us to be kind of in the same situation as last week, where we have two scores, and even if they're on the ball, it doesn't seem too terrible because there isn't enough time for them to come back. Um, you know, it's uh, it's practicing actually having a lead and keeping it with this young group, I suppose. Um, awine what's uh, what, what's your key point, or are you currently looking at the spread? <laughs>
2: I was. Uh, uh, yeah, he's he's looking at uh, the spread. I knew it. Yeah, it wasn't coming up. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what. Uh, you tell us your spread.
1: key point. I'll look at the spread for
2: you. Um. Yeah, my key point is. Well, I I wrote down what I might be saying is that um I might be wrong on Drake London. Um, I wasn't the biggest fan of him actually. Coming out, we were obviously. At the start of the off season in, in the market for a wide receiver early on in the draft, um, so I did quite a bit of watching of said wide receivers at the top of last year's draft, and I wasn't a fan of London. There's something about him scared me. Didn't like the sort of the amount of contested catches he had, and and those things, and reminded me a little bit of players like Jalen Rager who have not worked out in the league. So I wasn't real high on Drake London last season. Um, And he started off really well, let's let's face it, he started off really well this season. So um, we spoke, we touched on it a little bit on Friday, that the matchup that scares me a little bit is him against Denzel Ward, just because Denzel in the past has struggled against bigger body wide receivers. Like I mentioned on Friday, Cortland Sutton for the Denver Broncos stands out as someone he struggled against in the past. So, Denzel won't take straight Blender out of the game and I think I think we're all good.
1: Yeah. Oh, and uh, by the way, mate, it was uh, two and a half. Uh Skybet currently have it as oh, three. Okay. Um, which I'm definitely considering banging that over. Not that I bet on Brown's games and bet responsibly if you do.
2: Um so know, yeah, let's just, just pick it up on a little bet in point there. I Started doing my pickums right at the start of our pod, and mm-hmm. the cards are actually underdogs against the Panthers. What? Which? Yeah. Which? <laughs> okay. Surprised me great. Now, are the they underdogs
1: well, by the? But... Are they underdogs by the spread? Yeah, no, or they are are yeah. they underdogs by the yeah, picks?
2: Are. Because it's, it's got the odds <laughs> underneath them on the pickum and uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's it not does. far off even where cards are. Dogs, yeah. Yeah. yeah,
3: card plus wow. one is the spread.
2: God, plus
1: one against Baker Mayfield and the Panthers. God.
2: Yeah, that may be something that I take a look at this weekend, I think.
1: Yes, yes. And, of course, bet responsibly. Can't stress (laughs) that enough. If you don't, it's not our fault. But now that you've mentioned the pick'ems, let's uh, let's go back to the board here and uh, go through the... uh, go for our pickums for this week first of all i'd like to um i'd like to point out that we're actually very close in terms of the pickums league now so i'm currently leading um us with 29 but sean and a you've actually made up a little bit of ground this week you've got a point on me uh this week and got up to 27 so there's only two points between us now um, I think I'm something like 93rd in the country or something, which is uh, showing that we're pretty good as a as, as a pod overall. Turns out that we actually know our stuff. Um, turns out that the missus who knows a hell of a lot less than me is doing better than me on margin, on Thursday night football margin somehow. So... Uh, I'm going to class that as she's been taught well, but uh, she'd probably uh, (laughs) say completely different there. So as we look at our picks uh, for this week, uh, Dolphins Bengals, it's a sweep for the Dolphins viking saints a sweep for the vikings in london um broncos patriots a sweep for the broncos and chiefs books i wasn't expecting a sweep for the chiefs there but there's a sweep for the chiefs there the there are only discrepancies in two titans and Colts. um three of us have gone no sorry it's a uh, two and two split josh and sean have gone for the titans a wine and jen the Colts. That is an interesting one indeed. Um, realistically, that one could be a 50-50 flip. Um, and I guess that that will go a long way to great. seeing as to... Yeah, it depends. That that has a huge ramifications, obviously, on the division as well, especially on looking at it going forward. And Bills Ravens, Sean Stands Alone backing mm-hmm. the Ravens over the Bills. Uh, only when it comes to Pickham's, folks. I don't think that he'll be actively rooting for the Ravens whatsoever no. No. Uh, when it actually comes to game day. Why is that, by the way, Sean? you gone for Ravens there over Bills. Were you just not convinced by what you saw on uh, on Sunday for the for the Bills? Because I look at the Ravens games and I think that teams are always in with a chance of taking them, whereas the Bills, I think that last week, well, yesterday was more of an anomaly.
3: No, I just think they're're they're severely banged up in terms of the secondary um, I'm not sure from an injury status how much of an improvement that's going to be one week on um I think we talked about it before we hit the record button that you know half of the offense seemingly were collapsing with exhaustion um from the heat that they were playing in um you know that that's going to have emotionally taken a lot out of them as well um I just think the fact that the Ravens are at home look look like I say I I certainly won't be rooting for it at all. Um, I really hope that they do get beaten. But like I said earlier, I think, unfortunately, Lamar started like a train this year, Um, you know, and potentially that's a bit of a statement game. Um, You know, so, look, I think those two that we've got discrepancies on, we've got discrepancies on for a reason. They could could go either way. It wouldn't be a surprise to see the Bills win, obviously, but... uh, Certainly not, Spencer. Certainly not. Certainly. <laughs> Perfect, yeah, so um,
1: so our usual commentator on these uh, live streams, Spencer Brown's uh, come out with a... W- let's say I can understand why he's put it on this week, considering the, uh, the optimism that you give Ravens fans this week. Uh, is Sean a Ratbirds fan deep down? I can absolutely 100% back sean's claim here that he's definitely not i uh put a pint or two down sean and uh you'll see exactly what his thoughts are on the <laughs> ravens but uh he's he, he's providing his humble opinion folks honestly and yeah. You know, definitely, it, it's a fifty-fifty game, Bills Ravens. Personally, you know, it's it's why it's in that pick six. It's supposed to be the most difficult ones of the week. I find it weird that we had uh, that we had four the same, let alone uh, let alone to having just one discre- two discrepancies in the six. Anyway, folks, that is us for the week. A little uh, a little over time, but I'm sure you'll agree it's uh, been a really fun pod being able to look at uh, everything so far and predict things going on in the future. We will be back this time next week, 7.30 next week. Um, to review, obviously, the Falcons game. And we'll also have um, Lee Wakefield of Powder Blue Reports coming in to give us his thoughts on the L.A. Chargers. And that matchup, I don't think he's a very happy chappy currently, considering all the bad luck of the last couple of weeks blessing but uh no we um we'll get his views for next week as well remember to hit the subscribe button wherever you see this so if you're on facebook follow us if you're on twitter give us a follow at believe brit if you're on spotify or any of the other platforms hit that uh Hit hit that follow or subscribe button because, trust me, it really does help get it out to more people, algorithms and all that noise. Don't forget as well, we are a part of the Full 10 Yards Network, and we are jumping onto another pod now, Sean and I. We do the NFL podcast on a Monday evening as well, so you can find that at your favorite podcast vendor, as well as a number of other podcasts, I do a power rankings podcast on a Wednesday, for example, so you can see as to where we are in the rankings. Um, we were 18th, I believe, last week. Just to uh, give you a flavour of that, have I placed us higher? Yes, but not too much. Uh, not not n- not all too much, but en- enough. I'm I'm being restrained. Not 10th, unfortunately, not 10th, Sean. I'm sorry. You a
3: rapbirds mid- fan, You fan? What's the matter with you? <laughs>
1: oh god have i put the ravens in my top five this week i don't think i have i think i've resisted uh the temptation to do that but you'll you can find all that out at full 10 yards on twitter as well uh tomorrow i um i'll be posting out the rankings for that tomorrow but no thank you very much everyone for spending the last hour and a quarter with us we will see you next week and that is the believeland brit podcast (laughs)